0: Hello, I'm Carmen Colossi, a Stratfor Latin America analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, powered by Stratfor, the world's leading geopolitical intelligence platform. Learn more at worldview.stratfor.com.
1: This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. I'm Emily Donahue. Let's talk about North Korea. The country's missile tests seem to be on hiatus during the global pandemic, but North Korea held several ballistic missile test launches in January, and that has residents in South Korea on alert. Here with details about the security dynamics of the Korean Peninsula is Scott Cardis, an Asia-Pacific analyst with Rain. Welcome, Scott.
0: Uh, Hi, Emily. Nice to be here.
1: What sort of missiles and capabilities does North Korea have?
0: North Korea has a variety of missile and non-missile capabilities. They have the old, outdated Soviet-era artillery that's based on the DMZ, pointed south towards Seoul area. Then you also have the more conventional missiles, such as uh, cruise missiles, short-range and medium-range or intermediate-range ballistic missiles, and the intercontinental ballistic missiles, the larger ones that were tested back in 2017. Uh, the missiles do have a variety of ways they can be launched. Uh, many of the missiles have been launched from just directly on land. They can tow them into position. They uh, have launched this year in January, they launched a few rail-based missiles. And they've launched back in 2017 some submarine-launched missiles. So. They do have a variety of ways to launch the missiles, and they are not confined to a single system, which does make it a little difficult for security reasons to pinpoint and track where the missiles can be launched from and to plan a preemptive or retaliatory strike, because many of these missile tests have been conducted to ensure North Korea has secondary strike capabilities in the event of any conventional attack by uh, another power, such as the United States or even South Korea. And I should note when I say conventional, that means just non-nuclear, because we all know North Korea has nuclear capabilities. But the number of nuclear warheads they are in possession of, the exact number is unknown, and the exact capabilities are unknown. They haven't been launching uh, ICBMs for testing, so we're not sure exactly exactly. If they have interoperability with the nuclear warheads and ICBMs or not, but it's very likely that they do.
1: So, Scott, what are some security concerns for South Korea following all of these missile launches?
0: The immediate concerns with South Korea would be where is the missile headed? Most of the missiles, pretty much all of them, North Korea has two places they can shoot. They can shoot up and down into the East Sea or Sea of Japan, or they can shoot really far across the East Sea over Japan and into the Pacific like they've done back in 2017. I don't want to say they will never, but it's extremely unlikely that North Korea will ever test missiles south over South Korea, north over China or Russia, or west into the, the Sea between the Korean Peninsula and China. So the immediate concerns are: where is the missile headed? Where did it launch from? And what type of missile is it? And some of those questions they don't really get to answer until they they see you know the the pictures North Korea releases, or they they check the uh, the blast radius or any other details they get from the actual impact. Most South Korean politicians, no one's concerned. For example, in in Seoul. When a missile launch happens, no one no one runs for the bunkers. Uh, many of the common citizens almost ignore the missile launches nowadays just because they've happened a lot, and it's been so overplayed in the media a lot of times that many of them just kind of ignore it, unless it's a big deal, like a, a Hwasong-15 or, or a large missile that goes, for example, over Japan, or it's a nuclear test. Uh, at least with the security concerns, Besides that, South Korea is always ready and ensuring that their their forces are on alert in the event that a missile launch could this test could precede an invasion, which is I would like to stress is supremely extremely unlikely to happen. But nonetheless, they are always prepared for that.
1: So, Scott, how can they respond?
0: Well, South Korea is again. I don't want to say they'll never do something, but they're extremely unlikely to start. Shelling, uh, uh, or you know, sh- artillery- lobbing artillery shells over the DMZ. They're extremely unlikely to start launching their own missiles into the EC. For example, uh, South Korea recently had their own ban on missile testing lifted. Um, so a lot of South Korean responses are more defensive in nature. They have uh, patriot missile systems deployed. They have a terminal high altitude area defense, or THAD system that was deployed and it's that that system is actually extremely controversial but it is deployed and south korea recently announced that they are developing a a new upgraded version of the israeli iron dome uh, to deploy around seoul in 2035 but details are very scarce on that because it's still 13 years out and the government and military is highly unlikely to ever give many exact details because that would be a horrible security risk for them. Uh, South Korea has engaged in some sanctions uh, against North Korea. Uh, The United States engages in sanctions all the time with recent missile testing. They sanctioned four North Korean uh, individuals in China over their connection to the missile program. But we've seen time and time again that a lot of these sanctions are rather ineffective. They haven't stopped or prevented North Korea from developing and testing new missiles.
1: Given the public's reaction in South Korea, is there any likelihood that these missile tests would have any effect on South Korean politics? I know there's a presidential election coming up soon.
0: North Korea is always in in South Korean politics. It's always in political discourse. South Korean foreign policy is not... Defined by North Korea, but is definitely shaped by its relations with North Korea and the actions North Korea takes. The most, some of the most recent missile launches actually prompted the conservative candidate, Yoon suk yeol of the People's Power Party, uh, the opposition party of the current the minjoo Dang, the Minju Party, the liberals of uh, Moon Jae-in. He posted on social media that he wanted to deploy more THAAD, and as I mentioned before, that is very controversial in Korea. There's been a lot of protests from the moment it was announced to its deployment, and there's been continued protests over its existence. So in a sense, these missile launches themselves don't necessarily impact the politics, but the politicians' responses do. The uh, other politician, uh E. J. myung the Liberal Party, the Minchu Party's candidate, he didn't Express his desire to increase any THAAD deployments or missile deployments. But he has his responses have been to continue the current policies towards North Korea of trying to bring North Korea to the negotiating table unconditionally to at least sign a peace agreement to go beyond the current ceasefire. And many times, if the traditional wisdom was that North Korea uses the missile tests to gain concessions from South Korea, that's not necessarily the case. Many politicians, especially conservative politicians, are not keen on giving any concessions to North Korea, especially because they've gone back on their word over stopping missile testing many times in the past. So I don't think that any missile testing is likely to suddenly sway the election, the upcoming election, in favor of one candidate or another, but some candidates' responses can easily... Gain or very quickly lose them votes.
1: Scott Cardis is an Asia Pacific analyst with Rain. Follow the security and geopolitics of the Korean Peninsula with Rain Worldview. Right now we have a special subscription offer. Sign up today at Stratfor.com. That's Stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.